0: Sure. Metaverses are exciting. Many people are interested in metaverses and many people are interested in investing in the metaverse. And now marketers, not financial professionals, but enthusiasts, influencers, bloggers, sales agents, and even scammers are capitalizing. They're touting high tech products, telling people they can get rich simply by investing in the metaverse. But we have to remember, and this applies to new industries like the metaverse, as well as traditional sectors tied to traditional products, that all investments bear some degree of risk.
1: Welcome to NASA Talks. The metaverse is the focus of this episode of NASA Talks. Today, we will speak with Joe Rotunda who is vice chair of the North American Securities Administrators Association's Enforcement Section Committee and director of the Texas State Securities Board Enforcement Division. I'm Jean Hamrick, NASA's director of communications. Thank you for joining us on this discussion on the metaverse. Joe, welcome. Glad to have you here. And I appreciate you taking the time to join NASA Talks.
0: Hey, Jeannie, I I appreciate it. I'm glad to join you in talking in more detail about the metaverse and the growing risks in the metaverse for people who invest in this new and currently unregulated arena.
1: Excellent. Well, let's get started, Joe. Um, So let's just start from the beginning. Can you please explain to our listeners what a metaverse is and how it works and who builds them. We've heard a lot about this, but I think those specific answers will help kind of frame the whole conversation that we're having today.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Janie. Um, and, And let's start with the early days of the internet. And we remember these early days, right? We used to dial into the internet using a home telephone line and we had a monthly subscription plan. And then after a series of bloops and bleeps and static, we could slowly, and I mean slowly, very slowly, access the information superhighway now you know back then we weren't able to connect with friends on facebook we weren't able to watch videos on youtube and we used bulletin board services instead of reddit but at the time the internet was a groundbreaking it was an absolutely revolutionary experience i mean we really felt like we were living in the future now you know the internet and online technologies—they've—they've they've considerably advanced since then. We no longer rely on telephone lines, right? We can—we can now access the internet from anywhere, at any time, without cords or cables or, or wires. And we share experiences. We watch blockbuster movies. We discover new music from our favorite artists. We discover new artists, right? We, we, we access the most current news. We monitor our health, collaborate with coworkers. We navigate congestion and traffic jams. We, we research, we work, we play, we date all in real time in an online environment. And we no longer need to fear that telephone call disrupting our session, right? Um, in fact, Instead of telephones actually interrupting our internet surfing, we can actually use telephones to surf the internet.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I'd like to flashback, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe, let me ask you this. So do you consider the metaverse a fad then? Or is it really a legitimate opportunity?
0: You know, many people really consider the metaverse to be the next evolution of the internet. And it's difficult to precisely define the term metaverse because well you know number one the concept is still evolving and number two the word metaverse really means different things to different people now that said the different concepts typically share many common features so for example metaverses are typically immersive online virtual worlds accessible through an internet connection you and i and other people now we refer to them as users Access these virtual worlds through an avatar. And an avatar is a term for kind of a digital representation of a person. So users can control avatars in metaverses, and they can do so using anything from a keyboard and a mouse to more exotic hardware like headsets or even goggles. Yeah, that's
1: true. Um, Joe, very interesting. Let me ask you this. Um, So, and this might be a basic question here, but what can you do in a metaverse?
0: No, it's, a, it's, it's not a basic question. It's a great question, Jeannie. Um, in a metaverse, you can, you can walk, you can, you can run, you can travel on a beaten path or explore new environments. You can interact with other people. You can play games. You can watch concerts. You can attend art galleries. You can date. You can shop. You can even work. So. In other words, you can enter a metaverse and take part in many of the same activities you enjoy in the real physical world. And that experience is only becoming more immersive over time. Now, that sounds a little bit like science fiction, right? Um, like a movie, like something like uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, or even uh, Ryan Reynolds in that, that new movie, Free Guy. And I get it, right? The concept of the metaverse really does sound like science fiction. However, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the idea of ditching a dial-up telephone connection and accessing the internet through a wireless connection seemed quite literally like magic. And the concept of streaming Hollywood blockbuster movies through a portable handheld device, something that fits in your pocket, that sounded like science fiction too. Technology moves fast, right? You know, and... Uh, In any event, uh, many companies are contributing to the rapid evolution of metaverses. Many of these companies are established, familiar companies that are now entering metaverses and developing new technologies and products. And we're feeling the impact of their work in many different areas of life, everything from medicine and education to to fashion, entertainment, uh, to planning for retirement
1: this is just fascinating. So there's legitimate uh, businesses, uh, brick and mortar uh, businesses that are now moving over to the the internet and the metaverse. Um, And so my question to you is which companies such as investment firms have entered the metaverse and are conducting business there and are, you know, looking at this as a legitimate way to conduct business.
0: Yeah, it's it's a fantastic question, and you know, from, from my experience and what I'm seeing is that it seems like every day a new company enters the metaverse, and I'm talking about established companies, right? These are companies that are familiar to all of us, and we know we know their names. And the first that come to mind uh, are the traditional financial services firms, right? Like like J P Morgan Chase, for example. Uh, J P Morgan purchased virtual land in the Decentraland metaverse, and it built a virtual office. Fidelity. Fidelity also bought Metaverse land and created a virtual experience. HSBC Bank and Price Waterhouse Coopers also bought virtual land. Now, Price Waterhouse Coopers isn't the only uh, accounting firm venturing in the Metaverse. Prager Metis, right, a global accounting firm, expanded its global footprint uh, to a brand new world, and that is the Metaverse right? Because the firm actually built an office and holds itself out as metaverse advisors and accountants. And right now, it, it claims to be conducting accountancy for individuals and businesses operating in the metaverse. And it's not just financial service firms. Um, retailers have jumped into metaverses. Uh, Coca-Cola, for example, Tommy Hilfiger, Perry Ellis, Estee Lauder, DKNY, Forever 21, Dolce & Gabbana, uh, Dondas, Nike, Gucci, that, that list goes on and on with, with more and more retailers actually selling digital assets tied to their brands in metaverses. And it's not just the retailers or uh, the financial service firms, right? Let's, uh, let's take entertainers, for example. Entertainers are, are jumping into metaverses. Um, Justin Bieber and DJ Marshmallow held concerts in the metaverse. And these concerts attracted somewhere around 10 million attendees each uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, Snoop Dogg bought land in a metaverse and filmed a music video in the metaverse. And I think his, his music video is actually the first music video actually filmed in a metaverse. And you know what? Someone purchased a plot of land next to Snoop Dogg in the metaverse and the purchase price of that land. Now this, this really jumps out, right? The purchase price of virtual land, next to Snoop Dogg's virtual land was more than $450,000. Uh, the purchase price, right, $450,000 is much more than the median price of a real home, right, in the United States and nearly double the median price of a home in Dallas or Houston or near where I live. That,
1: that price is just amazing. And, and to buy this land in the metaverse, uh, so um, this is incredible, Joe. What other industries are impacted by the metaverse and its technologies and have decided to make this, uh, this new realm part of their business uh, model?
0: Okay, so I can think of a, a couple of different examples, but I'm going to share my favorite with you. Uh, let's say a patient has a serious condition and is scheduled for a very important but complex surgery, right? And the surgery is necessary for the patient to live. Well, it's a complex surgery and maybe the surgeon needs assistant. He needs bona fide experts from different countries to help him successfully perform the procedure on the patient. Now, that, that presents a problem, right? If the experts are in a different country and they're working on a different continent, how can the experts be in the same operating room as the patient? Well, there's an answer to that question, and the answer is kind of what we've been talking about so far, right? The metaverse uh, and metaverse technology. Now, we can use metaverse technology to ensure that experts physically located in different countries are able to be virtually present during a surgery located thousands of miles away. The experts can see everything, and, and I mean everything in real time, as if they were physically present and they're able to be in a position to offer guidance necessary to successfully treat the patient. In other words, we can assemble a medical team from across the globe to perform surgery on one patient located in one particular location. Now, does that sound far-fetched? Maybe, but it's not. In fact, this isn't even a hypothetical example. It's actually a real example.
1: Wow, wow, that's fascinating, Joe. I just I just am uh, just blown by away by this. So let's ask some more uh, questions, though, about um, this new metaverse and how I, you had mentioned earlier that there's risks involved in investing in the med- metaverse. Why? Why is the metaverse an important topic for state and provincial security regulators, which we know there needs to be some regulation? but Why is it important? And what are the issues related to securities, regulation, and law enforcement in the metaverse?
0: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of excitement and buzz and hype surrounding the metaverse. And firms raising capital from the public are, are jumping right in. And you don't have to take my word for it, right? This conclusion is not an anecdotal conclusion. It's actually a data-driven conclusion. So we know securities firms and whether these securities firms are public companies with shares listed on a national exchange or private companies operating in private markets, these securities firms must file records with the SEC. And these records contain material information about those operations. So what we can do is we can parse the records that were filed with the SEC by these securities firms and analyze their content to provide some insight on the evolution of securities offerings tied to the metaverse. And the analysis and the insight, they're, they're pretty clear. There's not much room for ambiguity. Securities firms are increasingly raising capital for projects tied to the metaverse. And for example, we can show that from 2001 to the present, which is a period covering more than 20 years, securities firms submitted 1,276 filings to the SEC that contained the word metaverse. Now. 1,227 of these 1,276 filings submitted by securities firms over this 20-year period were actually submitted over the last 12 months alone. And what that means is that virtually, and and no pun intended by using the word virtually, right, virtually all of the securities and capital raising activity has occurred over the last year.
1: That's fascinating, Joe. Thank you. That's fascinating. Um, Joe, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but what kind of investment opportunities are available specifically in the metaverse? And and sh- actually should we call them investments?
0: Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's a new area, but um and, and and I think what I found is that the metaverse really does give rise to a number of different types of investment opportunities. And in fact, a very significant number of investors and when I'm talking about investors, I'm I'm, I'm using that term broadly to include retirees and families planning for retirement they're already exposed to the metaverse through stocks and etfs and many of these people they may not even know they have this kind of exposure and let's 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 think about this with an example and let's consider a new fund the fidelity metaverse etf the fidelity metaverse etf is an exchange-traded fund that was launched by fidelity about two months ago now, you may expect the top holdings of a metaverse fund to relate to companies that may be, say, developing virtual land in metaverses, or operating purely virtual businesses in metaverse, or, or maybe they're coding metaverses, or they're undertaking some type of a futuristic endeavor. And when we look at this fund, we find that's, that's just not the case. The top holdings of the Fidelity Metaverse ETF are very familiar companies the number one top holding is Apple. And I'm guessing that, you know, many of our guests already use its MacBooks, right? Or its iPads. And our audience, they they may even be listening to this podcast through their iPhone, right? So uh, other top holdings, Facebook, which recently changed its name to meta platforms to signal its focus on the metaverse and Alphabet, Right, the parent company of Google and Adobe, the developer of Photoshop and Activision Blizzard and Electronic Arts, right? Companies that have produced popular video games that millions have played. Now, why are these established companies and not futuristic startups the top holdings of a metaverse fund? Well, the answer is that these companies are dealing in metaverses, right? They're all developing products or services that are geared towards metaverses. They're evolving, right? They're creating new revenue streams and thicker margins by committing to the concept of the metaverse. Now, these investments relate to metaverses, but they're still relatively traditional investments. They're regulated stocks issued by regulated companies traded on regulated exchanges. So in other words, they're, they're really a known quantity.
1: Hey, Joe. Um relatedly let's talk a little bit more about nfts or the non-fungible token
0: yeah you read my mind genie we we just talked about traditional investments but there are many newer and exotic investments that provide exposure to the metaverse and one of the newest forms of metaverse investments are these non-fungible tokens and we call them nfts for convenience now nfts they're digital assets they're, they're they're similar to bitcoin and ether and other popular cryptocurrencies but they're also unique and can't be replaced with something else that tends to be their defining quality now for example many many nfts are tied to art or music right so when actually purchasing an nft the digital asset you are purchasing ownership of the art or the music uh, with actual ownership permanently recorded in a blockchain.
1: That's interesting. Um, Joe, what do most people understand or misunderstand about the kinds of investments that are available in the metaverse?
0: Sure. it's a good question. And I wanted to see this for myself. So here's what I did. Uh, I wanted to see what was being presented to main street and i wanted to see what happens when your average ordinary investor sits down at his or her computer and simply searches the internet for information about metaverse investments so i sat down at my own computer i opened up my search engine and i searched the internet what terms did i use pretty common terms i used terms like uh quote how do I invest in the metaverse or, uh, quote, top metaverse investments and uh, buy investments in the metaverse, right? These are very simple. They're straightforward phrases. They're the types of terms that anyone would use when searching for information relating to investments tied to the metaverse. And you know what I found? Um, So here's what I found. I found that you can make 10 100, 1,000, or 10,000 times your principal simply by investing in the metaverse. And I also found you can make a 400% profit in penny stocks uh, that are tied to the metaverse. I found the top metaverse stocks will significantly outperform blue chip stocks. I found that investing in the metaverse is a key to financial security and retirement. And I found that you will miss out on these opportunities if you wait or delay. You need to act now right now, right this moment, or you're going to miss out right now. <laughs> so, and there's no data to back up any of those. No, they may have some flashy graphics, right? Some flashy images of virtual worlds, um, uh, things that you might see in like a video game. But I am not seeing much data that shows me how I can make 10,000 times my principal and secure my financial future simply by buying a metaverse investment. Um, you know, here's the thing, these, these articles, these, these videos, they, they weren't put together by experienced financial professionals and they're misleading, right? They're not selling products per se. They're selling hope, right? And when they're selling hope, they're also hiding risk. Now, you know, sure. Metaverses are exciting. Many people are interested in metaverses. Many people are interested in investing in metaverses. And now many marketers, right, not financial professionals, but the enthusiasts, the influencers, the vloggers, the sales agents, and even the scammers are telling many people that they can get rich simply by investing in the metaverse. But we have to remember, and and this applies to new industries like the metaverse, as well as traditional products, that all investments bear some degree of risk. These risks usually correlate with potential profits. Meaning that an investment that projects very, very high returns typically carries more risk than a conservative investment projecting conservative returns. Metaverses really don't change this paradigm. Investors need to be aware of the risks involved with these products and ensure they fully understand all of the risks before they part with their money.
1: So let's talk about those risks a little bit. Um, We are aware from what you're saying that there are tremendous risks of. Investing in something that you don't have actual information and actual proven data points here. But are there regulations in place yet to protect investors from investment fraud in the metaverse?
0: Absolutely. Um, the, the state and federal securities laws are the first ones that come to mind. Um, the state and federal securities laws, these have these regulated passive investments for more than a century. Right. With the first state laws being enacted shortly after the start of the 20th century, even before the First World War. Right. So a long time. And the breadth of these laws, right, the scope of of these securities laws are often defined by what we call the Howey Test. Uh, The Howey Test has its name derived from an early United States Supreme Court case that addressed the scope of securities regulation. And the court handed down this decision in the 1940s. And since then, the securities laws have consistently regulated passive investments where profits are derived from the managerial efforts of the promoters. Now, this test has been applied to investments tied to many different types of technologies over the years. Remember, it was handed down in the 1940s, right? And that's about 80 years ago. And that means the test has been applied to investments issued by companies growing the consumer automobile industry, to airplanes and air travel, right? The internet, telecommunications, medicine and pharmaceuticals, personal computers, video games, movies, records and CDs and digital movies, and even companies launching satellites into space. And there's a reason the Howey test has been. And also continues to be the benchmark of regulation that has stood the test of time. Even though most of these technologies and most of these industries were simply unimaginable in the 1940s when the Howey test was first adopted by the Supreme Court. And that's because the Howey test was actually designed to apply to the unimaginable. Now, I'm going to quote the Supreme Court here because I think it's important. And here's what they said The Supreme Court said, The Howey test embodies a flexible rather than a static principle, one that is capable of adaptation to meet the countless and variable schemes devised by those who seek the use of the money of others on the promise of profits. So, what does that mean? What does that mean to to regulation and the regulation of investments that are tied to the metaverse and the, the protection of investors, right, who purchase these investments? Well, The Howey test doesn't just happen to apply to investments in new technologies like the Metaverse. The Howey test was actually designed to regulate investments in new technologies like the Metaverse, and it continues to work even nearly 80 years after the Supreme Court first adopted the paradigm.
1: Let me ask you this, Um, looking forward, where have regulators filed enforcement actions against fraudulent investment companies? that are currently found in the
0: metaverse. Yeah, you know, Jeannie, we, we just talked about NFTs and digital assets, right? And we know they're generating widespread interest. And unfortunately, when something generates widespread interest, white collar criminals, right? And white collar scammers, they tend to take notice. And NFTs and digital assets are no exception state securities regulators recently filed two separate cases against promoters of fraudulent nft schemes tied to the metaverse and in the most recent case the promoters were selling nfts to the public to raise capital for now get this a metaverse casino they told potential investors that users right acting as avatars in the metaverse will access the Metaverse Casino, and then they can play virtual games and gamble, uh, playing blackjack and poker, or other, other common games that we, we, we typically associate with, with casinos and gaming. Now, the gambling was supposed to generate revenue and profits for the Metaverse Casino. And purchasers of the NFTs, right? The NFTs that are tied to these Metaverse Casinos, right? Purchasers of the NFTs not only own the Metaverse Casino, But the NFTs also convey the right to receive profits from the metaverse casino. Uh, Now, NFTs are really new products, right? They become popular over maybe the last 12 months, 18 months. But even though they're new, what I just described sounds eerily similar to high-tech stock, right? Um, Purchasing an NFT, right, that was tied to this metaverse casino, much like stock, actually conveyed ownership of a business. And purchasing an NFT tied to this metaverse casino, much like stock, conveyed the right to receive profits generated by the business. So it's, it's, it's clearly an investment. It's clearly a security, even though NFTs are new products.
1: So, Joe, what's the problem?
0: Well, the problem is that the promoters in, in this case falsely claimed they were partnering with a real casino operating in Nevada and that claim, it, it simply wasn't true. They also made a lot of pie-in-the-sky representations with little or no information or data to, to back them up. And you know, the promoters, they, they concealed their identities, their qualifications, even their location, their telephone numbers, right? their mailing addresses, and their physical addresses. And once we pulled away the curtains to reveal the true identity of the masterminds, we found the scheme originated from Russia. It was a Russian organization that right before the start of the Ukraine conflict began marketing fraudulent investments to take money from investors in the United States and elsewhere. So, state securities regulators acted, right? We brought actions to shut down this operation. And it worked. The Russian organization was it was issuing more than and, and get this, 11,000 fraudulent NFTs to perpetrate this white-collar scheme. And we stopped it before they could sell 50. If we hadn't acted, right, more than 10,000 people may have fallen victim to the fraud. You know, our, our, our listeners, they may be, be interested in learning a little bit more about the case um, and what they can do if they, if they want some more information, if they want to read about this case and, and, and hear how the scheme unfolded, um, they can follow up with the states that filed the action. And these states are Wisconsin and New Jersey, Kentucky, Alabama, and Texas. And the name of the promoter in this case was Flamingo Casino Club. And that actually makes sense in some weird way, since Flamingo Casino Club was actually falsely claiming to partner with the real Flamingo Las Vegas Casino, right? So we see the similarity of the names, right? Even as part of the scheme to deceive the public. So if our listeners want to get some more information about this, um, they can visit the websites of any of the states that filed the action they'll be able to read news releases they'll be able to check out the actual uh emergency orders and the other administrative orders and our listeners can find contact information for them on nasa's website which is which is accessible at nasaa.org oh
1: this is, that's a fascinating information joe thank you let me ask you this now what is the end goal for state and provincial security regulators when it comes to investor protection in the Metaverse?
0: Yeah, Jeannie, I, I think we have three goals. And I think we can summarize our work conceptually as, as having three kind of main objectives. And the first one is this. Regulators really need to promote confidence in the market and create an environment where legitimate firms, right, dealing in Metaverse technology, can legally raise capital from the public. Now, second Regulators want to ensure that investors have the guidance and the tools necessary to spot red flags, right? And by red flags, I mean the warning signs of fraud. And if they have this guidance and tools, they'll, they'll be able to receive all of the true material information they need. They'll be able to analyze that information and consider that information before parting with their money. And finally, state regulators stand ready to protect investors from white collar crime and fraud regardless of whether the scams are perpetrated in the physical world or in a virtual world. And I'd like to leave everyone with that message, right? As state regulators, we're here to help. We come into work every day because we want to help. Please reach out to us if you suspect you have been a victim of a fraudulent investment scam, including scams tied to the metaverse. And again, you can find contact information for state regulators. And uh, that's all state regulators as well as regulators in Canada and Mexico through NASA's website at nasa.org. We really want to hear your story.
1: Thank you, Joe. This is important and timely information on the metaverse. I really appreciate your overview on this and explaining the role of state and provincial securities regulators to help combat investment fraud within this growing metaverse. I'm really glad you spoke with us.
0: Jeannie, it's my pleasure. I am very glad to talk with you anytime and share this type of information.
1: Thank you for listening to NASA Talks with your host, Jeannie Hamrick. NASA Talks was produced by Karen Grahalis. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this podcast with others, post about it on your social media sites, or leave a rating and review. To catch the latest news and information from NASA, we hope you follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at NASA, N-A-S-A-A. Thank you.